Hello, and welcome to Talkin' Psych with Doc Raz. I'm your host, Doc Raz. Today, I would like to talk about our brains and their purpose in our life. So, I have made the comment to a couple clients lately that our brain's main goal is not to make us happy. It is to protect us. It is to keep us alive. That is what our brain's main goal is. This came about in sessions because we were talking about the fact that these are individuals that in general engage in a lot of safety behaviors. This may include withdrawing from other people that have the power to possibly hurt them emotionally. They may be engaging in a lot of anxious behaviors, um, may be very aware of their surroundings and what is happening inside of their bodies. They may be over-reading what is happening in their bodies, misinterpreting stimuli. Um, And so I bring this up because I think a number of people can feel kind of confused about why do I only see the negative in life? Why do I only focus on these ways that other people could hurt me? Why do I always pay attention to what's happening around me to the point that I can't pay attention to a conversation that I am in very well. Um, and this is, this is normal for it to be sort of our automatic default. For that to be what our brains are doing, especially if we have history of trauma or, you know, if Um, any significant heartbreak, um, (coughs) excuse me, um, our brains are trying to protect us. That is their main objective because they cannot protect somebody that is no longer alive. And so it's trying to keep us alive. Now, obviously that's not necessarily like a great place to be. It does not particularly feel good when all we're focused on is safety, as I've talked about um, in other episodes and in different things that, you know, we may be denying ourselves kind of social happiness or social engagement if we're only kind of focused on these protective measures. Um, It also doesn't, I don't know, it's just not necessarily very pleasant for us to always be focused on those things. So you might be wondering, okay, doc, what can we do about this? Is there anything can we that we can do? Or because my ancestors were like this, am I just more likely to be like this? Am I just more prone to this than it is what it is? Not necessarily. So yes, some of us have kind of a tendency to look either a bit more pessimistically at life or a bit more optimistically at life. That is sort of a natural part of who we are as human beings. However, we can make some change. Um, Our brains have plasticity, which means that they can change. Nothing about our brains are set in stone necessarily. I mean, there are certain things like, right, visual information is processed at the back of the brain. 
the frontal cortex is in charge of kind of executive functioning, reasoning, those types of things. Yes, some of those things are sort of set, but in terms of what your general behavior is, how you respond to and look at life, we can work to tweak it. You're not going to be a completely different person, but we can certainly make enough tweaks that you might be more satisfied with how you view the world. So the first part is certainly recognizing what is happening. Um, we can't change anything if we don't recognize and acknowledge what's going on. And we can't make any change if we don't see it as a problem. So there's some people who have symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, but it's not necessarily impacting them in a way that they want it to change or to get better. They might be content with being hypervigilant. They might be okay with the amount of social interaction and social support that they have, which is likely very low. Until somebody says, you know, this could be better. I don't really like it. I wish it was different. They're not going to necessarily make much change. They're especially not going to make change if somebody else suggests that they need to. Um, so we got to recognize what's happening and we got to recognize it as a problem. So that's the first step. So once we say, okay, I really focus on the negative of life or I'm always looking out for how people might hurt me and it gets in the way of being close to other people and I don't like it. That's step one done. Step two, we might work to identify what is happening or why it's happening. So we know what is happening. But for some of us, we want to know why it is happening. What is going on? And so for a number of us, it's partially fueled by our thoughts. And so if you look at cognitive behavioral therapy, they'll talk about this kind of interaction between our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors and how they feed into one another. And so if I have certain thoughts, excuse me, that's going to fuel my behavior. And so if I think about the fact people have hurt me before, if I have thoughts like nobody can be trusted, the world is dangerous, that is certainly going to influence my behavior and what I do. And so I need to work to identify what those are. I am not strictly from a cognitive, I don't strictly think from a cognitive behavioral standpoint. But to my mind, it makes a lot of sense because I think for a number of us, we can sort of think of examples of, oh, I had this thought that, you know, I had this thought this person didn't like me. And so I acted ruder around them and then they became ruder, which only reinforced my thought that they did not like me. When something else could have been happening, they could have been having a rough day and now I'm being rude and they think I don't like them. So then they become ruder. Um, versus I could have had the thought that, oh, maybe they're having a rough day. I hope everything's okay. And then maybe I'm a little bit kinder, a little bit more patient with them. And it could completely change the interaction because of what I am doing based on that thought and what I think is going on.
And so we may work to identify what are the thoughts that I'm having before I'm engaging in these things. And so if we can identify the thought, we can work to challenge it. We can work to possibly bring it more into the gray if it's kind of at an extreme end of a thought, right? Like no one can be trusted. Everyone is dangerous. Everyone is out to hurt me. Well, that's not that's not likely to be true. I also do not want us to go to the complete opposite where we think the world is rainbows and sunshine all the time because that's not accurate either. But if we could get to the middle where we think some people are okay, some people can be trustworthy, some people are safe, that's a much better place to be. And it may allow us a bit more freedom in how we respond and react to other people. If you find that that doesn't necessarily over time really change much for you, then we might go for more of an acceptance and commitment stance of even though I have this thought, I am curious and I want to act as if I don't have the thought or I want to act as if even though I have this thought, I'm going to move in the direction I want to go. So even if I think people are out to eventually hurt me, how, you know, how do I want my life to be? What do I want my life to be like? And so act in accordance with what I want my life to be like. So if I want more social relationships, even though I know people can hurt me, I may be more outgoing. I may kind of live into the relationships that I have with people, knowing that they may still hurt me at some point because that's the life I want. Um, another thing to do is to work to just completely shift our focus. So there's different research talking about the impact of gratitude. And you may hear, right, the phrase, attitude of gratitude. Um, and it's because it's kind of shifting where our focus is. So the suggestion generally is to identify at least three things that you were thankful for in your day. Now, you could certainly do that more often and challenge yourself to think a couple times about what you are grateful for or when something really kind of annoying or irritating or upsetting happens stepping back a moment and thinking about what are you grateful for in that moment like yes somebody just banged up my car certainly not grateful for that one but maybe i was alone in the car and the kids weren't with me so i'm grateful that the kids aren't in the car maybe i'm grateful that the car still runs. Maybe I'm thankful for my insurance and the fact that this will get fixed. It will be irritating to deal with, but it will get fixed. So I'm grateful that I have insurance. I'm grateful that it'll get fixed and I won't have to pay for it because I'm not at fault. You know, that type of thing where we regularly challenge ourselves to look at maybe a bigger picture of the situation. You know, it's, it's very easy to get focused on sort of the unpleasant part, but if we want to have 
and more pleasant thoughts, a more pleasant view of the world than trying to see the fuller picture can certainly help. And it can really help to write them down as well. You know, having a journal or something like that where we write down all of the things that we are grateful for. And you can also reference it back. So if you're having a particularly difficult day, you may refer back to your gratitude journal and see and remind yourself of all the things that you've been thankful for or you've had gratitude for over the you know last while. Another one might also be um, saving any positive kind of messages you get from other people, whether you know emails, comments on social media, texts. You might have kind of a space that you keep those things again when you're feeling like nobody cares, nobody loves me, I'm kind of alone in this world. That may be a useful thing to reference back to again to sort of challenge that thought and to show that's not fully accurate. It's not, it's not the full story or the full picture. And here is the fuller picture. The fuller picture is that sometimes a lot of people do care or some people care really deeply about me. Um, these are not necessarily easy things and they are not quick fixes. And like a lot of behavioral change not only does it take time, but it takes consistency. And so doing it once or twice, yeah, you're probably not going to see a lot of change. But if you do like the gratitude exercise every night or generally every night for four months, six months, a year, you're going to see a difference over that period of time from beginning to, you know, your check-in. And so these are just kind of thoughts about things we can do to help us tweak our perspective, to see the fuller picture, and to take in more of the information of what's happening. So if you have any thoughts, questions, or concerns, please feel free to reach out at, you know, through email at talkandpsychwithdocraz at gmail.com, or you can reach out on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, or YouTube at talkandpsychwithdocraz. But I hope you all have a lovely day and you do something nice for yourself. Bye.